ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد Today then we move on to the chapter Adabu al-Khala'i wa Adhkarihi Adabu al-Khala'i wa Adhkaruhu The mannerisms of visiting the bathroom, the toilet and the supplications that need to be done for that لَقَدْ جَاءَ فِي السُنَّةِ الْغَرَّاءِ بَيَانُ الْأَدَبِ الَّذِي يَنْبَغِ أَنْ يَكُونَ عَلَيْهِ الْمُسْلِمُ عِنْدَ دُخُولِهِ الْخَلَاءَ وَحَالَ قَضَائِهِ لِلْحَاجَةِ وَعِنْدَ خُرُوجِهِ مِنْهُ In the sunnah we have learned, we have been taught the mannerisms of entering the toilet and relieving yourself and coming out of the toilet the mannerisms for those things have been mentioned in the sunnah and there are many mannerisms there there are many of these mannerisms that show the perfection of this legislation, of this religion. وَمَا مِنْ رَيْبٍ And there is no doubt فِي أَنَّ الْمُسْلِمَ يَفْرَحُ غَايَةَ الْفَرَحِ بِتِلْكَ الْآدَابِ لِمَا فِيهَا مِنْ كَمَالِ الْحُسْنِ فِي التَّطْهِيرِ وَالنَّظَافَةِ وَالتَّنْقِيَةِ وَالتَّزْكِيَةِ and there is no doubt that a Muslim is pleased and happy at these mannerisms <coughs> that are mentioned because they indicate the perfection in purification and cleanliness. That a Muslim is upon purification and cleanliness. Al-Imam Muslim narrated from Salman al-Farisi radiyallahu anhu qila lahu it was said to him it was said to Salman al-Farisi qad allamakum nabiyyukum kulla shay'in hatta al-khira'ah ay hatta kayfiyat qada' al-haja it was said to Salman al-Farisi that your Prophet has taught you everything, even how to use the toilet. Your Prophet has taught you everything, even how to use the toilet. فَقَالْ أَجَلْ لَقَدْ نَهَانَا أَن نَسْتَقْبِلَ الْقِبْلَةَ لِغَائِطٍ أَوْ بَوْلٍ أو أن نستنجي باليمين أو أن نستنجي بأقل من ثلاثة أحجار 
أو أن نستنجي برجيعنا وعظم سلمان الفارسي ستهم of course absolutely he prohibited us from facing the qibla when using the toilet or to clean ourselves afterwards with our right hand or to clean ourselves with less than three stones or three wipes or to clean ourselves with dried dung or bones وفي لفظ آخر للحديث عند مسلم عن سلمان رضي الله عنه قال In another wording of this hadith قال لنا المشركون The مشركون they said to us He says إني أرى صاحبكم يعلمكم حتى يعلمكم الخراءة that I see that your companion, meaning the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, teaches you everything, even he teaches you how, Al-Khira'ah, to use the toilet. He teaches you everything, even how to use the toilet. فَقَالْ أَجَلْ He said, of course, yes. He taught us, prohibited us, to clean ourselves with our right hands or for us to face the Qibla when using the toilet and he prevented us from using the dried dung or the bones in wiping and cleaning ourselves and he told us none of you should clean yourself with less than three stones أرادوا عيب الصحابة رضي الله عنهم بما اشتمل عليه دينهم من تعاليم متعلقة بكيفية قضاء الحاجة. So when the mushrikun came to the companions and they said to them, your prophet teaches you everything, even how to go to the toilet, they were actually trying to mock and to ridicule the Muslims. They were trying to laugh at them, make a joke of them. Your prophet teaches you even how to go to the toilet. They were trying to make a joke out of the Muslims. فَقَالُوا عَلَى وَجْهِ السُّخْرِيَةِ So they said in a mocking and belittling way, قَدْ عَلَّمَكُمْ نَبِيُّكُمْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ حَتَّى الْخِرَاءَةِ Your prophet has taught you everything, even how to go to the toilet. فَانْبَرَى لَهُمْ سَلْمَانَ الْفَارِسِي رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ مُبْطِلًا انْتِقَادَهُمْ مُحَطِّمًا تَهَكُّمَهُمْ وَقَالَ بِكُلِّ افْتِخَارٍ وَاعْتِزَازٍ أَجَلْ أَجَلْ سلمان الفارسي wasn't shy of them, wasn't scared of them. He said with pride and honor, of course, yes, the Prophet he taught us. He told them with honor and dignity, not afraid, not being mocked by them, told them with honor and dignity, yes, of course. Yes, the Prophet taught us that and we are proud of that. 
ثم أخذ رضي الله عنه يعدد لهم مفتخرا شيئا من الآداب الكريمة والتعاليم المباركة التي جاءت بها السنة في هذا شأن and then he began mentioning to them some of these manners that we've been taught about using the toilet وَهِيَ بِحَقِّ وَهِيَ بِحَقِّ تعاليم مباركة لا يعرفها هؤلاء ونظراؤهم من أشباه الأنعام وإنما يعرفها من منحه الله التوفيق وهداه لهذا الدين الحنيف فالحمد لله على ما هدانا والشكر له على ما أولانا Of course the kuffar they don't understand these things and they don't have a recognition of these things this is only the Muslims, those whom Allah has guided, who recognize and understand these affairs of purification, these affairs of cleanliness. وَفِيمَا يَلِي وَقْفَةِ فِي بَيَانِ شَيْءٍ مِنْ هَذِهِ الْآدَابِ So now we're going to go through some of the manners of using the toilet. That's what's going to be mentioned. Firstly then, يُسْتَحَبُّ أَوَّلًا لِلْمُسْلِمِ عِنْدَ دُخُولِ الْخَلَاءِ أَنْ يَقُولِ It is mustahab recommended that firstly a Muslim when he enters the bathroom, the toilet room, that he should say بِسْمِ اللَّهِ اللهم إني أعوذ بك من الخبث والخبائث بسم الله أو الله Indeed I seek refuge in you from الخبث والخبائث And the explanation of what الخبث and الخبائث is we're going to mention it in a moment. So when you enter the bathroom, Bismillah, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubuthi wal-khabaith. And that is mentioned in Al-Bukhari and Muslim hadith of Anas ibn Malik, radiyallahu anhu qal, Kana al-Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam idha dakhala al-khala'a faqal, اللهم إني أعوذ بك من الخبث والخبائف والخبث جمع خبيث الخبث is the plural of خبيث والخبائف جمع خبيثة and خبائف is the plural of خبيثة so that basically means the evil شياطين and جن from the males of them and the Females of them. From the evil shayateen, the jinn, the males and the females. وَقَدْ جَاءَ فِي بَعْضِ طُرُقِ الْحَدِيثِ ذِكْرُ الْبَسْمَلَةِ فِي أَوَّلِهِ قال ابن حجر رحمه الله وقد روى العمري هذا الحديث من طريق عبد العزيز بن المختار عن عبد العزيز ابن صهيب بلفظ الأمر إذا دخلتم الخلاء فقولوا بسم الله 
In some versions of the dua, it says that you're supposed to start with Bismillah. Bismillah, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubuthi wal-khaba'ith. And in some versions, it just says you say straight away, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubuthi wal-khaba'ith. So starting with Bismillah, it is mentioned. وَيَشْهَدُ So that is the dua that you're asking Allah to protect you from the shayateen, males and females. Shayateen of the jinn, males and females. You're asking Allah to protect you from them when you enter the bathroom, the toilet area. وَيَشْهَدُ لِهَذَا مَا رَوَاهُ بْنُ مَاجَهُ وَغَيْرُهُ عَنْ عَلِي رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ مَرْفُوعًا سِتْرُ مَا بَيْنَ الْجِنِّ وَعَوْرَاتِ بَنِي آدَمِ إِذَا دَخَلَ الْخَلَاءَ أَنْ يَقُولَ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ In another narration it mentions that concealment, covering yourself, the way to cover yourself from the jinn seeing you naked, is when you enter the bathroom, the toilet, to say, Bismillah, before going in. That is the way to keep yourself covered from the jinn, the shayateen, the males and the females. To keep yourself covered, your aura covered from the jinn, the shayateen. Then before you enter the bathroom, say, Bismillah. So that is the first dua. Bismillah. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubuthi wal وَمِنَ الْأَدَبِ إِذَا كَانَ فِي سَفَرٍ وَذَهَبَ لِقَضَاءِ الْحَاجَةِ أَنْ يَنْطَلِقَ حَتَّى يَتَوَارَى عَنْ أَصْحَابِهِ The second mannerism is that when you visit the toilet, you have to make sure you are covered away from other people. Nobody can see you. Have to make sure in that toilet or wherever you go, it's somewhere hidden away. You cannot be seen by other people. Especially when they used to go on journeys out in the desert and those places, you're supposed to make sure you go somewhere. Make sure you go somewhere hidden from somebody <coughs> hidden from the other people, they can't see you. So the second mannerism is to hide yourself somewhere. Go somewhere where you can't be seen by other people. And that is mentioned, Rawahu Abu Dawood, Anil Muhirat ibn Shi'da, Annan Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallama, Ida arada, Kana ida arada al baraz, In talaqa hatta la yarahu ahad. That the Prophet sallallahu when he wanted to relieve himself, to visit the toilet, he would go, to an area where he was hidden and couldn't be seen by anybody. So that is the second mannerism. Mina sunnah an yastatira nas. That you have to hide yourself somewhere where you can't be seen. That's why it is impermissible impermissible for the men to use those urinals that are in the walls. 
those things they have in public toilets just stuck in the walls because those things are there any cubicles around them which means are you going to be covered everybody can see so it's haram to use those haram to use those stand-up cubicles that are public you have to go into the cubicle that is with a door and it hides you away Outside on those wall ones, there is no cubicle, you're public, everybody can see, and that's haram. Because the second mannerism of visiting the toilet is that you hide yourself somewhere where people can't see you when you're using the toilet. Thirdly, from the mannerisms, وَمِنَ الْأَدَبِ أَلَّا يَبُولَ فِي طَرِيقِ النَّاسِ that you do not relieve yourself in the pathways. Especially people who live out in the deserts and those kinds of places where you may go out into the desert to use the toilet. You don't do it in the pathways where people go. You don't do it in the pathways where people go. Hadith in Sahih Muslim from Abu Hurairah. أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال اتقوا اللعانين قالوا وما اللعانان يا رسول الله قال الذي يتخلى في طريق الناس أو ظلهم In the hadith it mentions be wary and warned of the two cursed ones They said who are the two cursed ones? Who are the two that are cursed? What are the two that are cursed? The Prophet ﷺ told them, the one who defecates, who goes to the toilet in the pathway of the people, or in the shades of the people. Imagine out in the desert, there's a few trees, under those trees people are always going to go there because of the shade. That's why it's not allowed to go and use the toilet in that area and to relieve yourself in that area. Because people always want to use that area for the shade. So you can't go and urinate there or do something like that there. So in the shades or in the path where people are always walking, it is not permissible to go and relieve yourself there. In another hadith of Abu Dawood, fi sunanih, an Ma'adh ibn Jabal, radiyallahu anhu qal, qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ittaqul mala'ina thalatha, be warned of the three cursed affairs. Al-baraz fil mawarid, using the toilet in the water sources. People, they go out to the lakes, to the water, to get water. Don't go and relieve yourself in that area. Because people want to take their buckets and get that water for themselves. So don't go there. الطريق, and in the pathways. والظل, and in the shaded areas for the people. So it is not permissible to relieve yourself in those areas. Huh. Yeah, that's why you say Bismillah first <coughs> and you make the dua first wherever you are. Then what number are we on now? 
Number four, from the mannerisms of using the toilet, number four is من آداب قضاء الحاجة ألا يستقبل المسلم القبلة بغائط ولا بول احتراما لها ولا يستدبرها from the fourth mannerism is when you're using the toilet you should not be facing the qibla nor should you be putting your back to the qibla when using the toilet you should not be facing the direction of the qibla nor should your back be in the direction of the qibla so you should be sideways to the qibla direction that's the way. You have to sell your house. <laughs> sell your house. Go to the back and the front, you're right, so you cannot face the qibla when using the toilet and you can't have your back to it, you're supposed to be sideways. Huh? Before you get to the hadith, so what are you going to do? Many people in their houses, in their bathrooms, the toilet might be facing the qibla or it might be completely to the back of the qibla. So what are you going to do? Are you going to sit sideways on? You know, sometimes the toilets, the bath is, bath, bath is there and it's not, you know, you can't do it. So what are you going to do? If you got the ability to change it, any plumbers here? Otherwise, you know, they charge a few hundred pounds, very expensive. What are you going to do? Build a wall. Well, there's a wall already. Your bathroom is walled in already. Build another wall. No, no, we're talking about your bathroom at home. Your toilet is facing the qibla or it's to the back of the qibla. So what are you going to do? You're going to use your neighbor's toilet all the time? So... The toilets in gone. Buy another toilet. The toilets in the houses, or not in the houses. There's an opinion of the scholars. They say that this ruling it applies to the open land. When you're outside somewhere in the open land, you cannot face or put your back towards it. If it is, if there is a ha'il, there is some obstacle. Then the ruling doesn't apply, they say. So in your homes, clearly, there's a wall all the way around your bathroom. It's blocked in. So they say that doesn't count the same way. There is a ha'il now. There is an obstacle around that area where you are sitting. You are walled in. The wall is blocking you in all sides. So now it doesn't make a difference which side you are facing. Because you are blocked in behind the walls. But if you were out in the open, you know, in some countries, especially in the olden days, you know, people even now, 
even now, you go to outside in some place somewhere and you may relieve yourself in the open places, open spaces, then you cannot face the Qibla nor turn your back towards the Qibla. But if there is some type of obstacle around you, then it doesn't count the same way. And so that's why the scholars, they say in your homes, it's not really a much issue. Allah alam, I don't know. I don't know if there's any particular reason. Maybe something might be mentioned here about why the back to the Qibla is also not allowed. There are some narrations when you look into the uh, chapters specifically. There are some hadith like you mentioned. We're going to come to those narrations. We'll see some of them now about the explanations as well. But facing it and turning your back towards the Kaaba, that is not allowed. In the open space, you should be sideways on. In your homes where there's an obstacle, they say then it doesn't really matter as an issue. But let's see here now. It mentions... Uh, so, la يستقبل المسلم... لا يستقبل المسلم القبلة بغائط ولا بول احتراما لها ولا يستدبرها وألا يستنجي بيده اليمنى This is number five as well you can put down now When you clean yourself, you don't clean yourself with your right hand After you finish using the toilet, you have to clean yourself with your left hand You cannot clean yourself with your right hand And the hadith it says إِنَّمَا أَنَا لَكُمْ بِمَنْزِلَةِ الْوَالِدِ أُعِلِّمُكُمْ فَإِذَا أَتَى أَحَدُكُمُ الْغَائِطَ فَلَا يَسْتَقْبِلِ الْقِبْلَةَ وَلَا يَسْتَدْبِرَهَا وَلَا يَسْتَطِبْ بِيَمِينِهِ وَكَانَ يَأْمُرُ بِثَلَاثَةِ أَحْجَارِ وَيَنْهَى عَنِ الرَّوْفِ حديث سنن أبي داود حسنه للباني that the Prophet said indeed I am like a father to you teaching you. The Prophet said, I am like a father teaching you. So when one of you needs to use the toilet, don't face the Qibla or turn your back towards it and don't clean yourselves with your right hand. And he used to command them to get three stones, three wipes. You must wipe yourself three times at least. And he used to forbid using the dried dung. The dried dung of the animals could not be used. وَتَأَمَّلْ مَا فِي قَوْلِهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا لَكُمْ بِمَنْزِلَةِ الْوَالِدِ يُعَلِّمُكُمْ مِنْ تَمَامِ الرِّعَايَةِ وَحُسْنِ الْعِنَايَةِ وَكَمَالِ النُّصْحِ So notice how the Prophet said, I am at the, I am like a father to you teaching you. Shows how he had the compassion and the true sincere advice for the ummah. So, then it goes on to say, وَمِنَ الْأَدَبِ إِذَا اسْتَجْمَرَ الْمُسْلِمُ بَعْدَ قَضَائِهِ الْحَاجَةِ أَلَّا يَسْتَجْمِرَ بِأَقَلَّ مِنْ ثَلَاثِ لِمَا في ذلك من تمام الإنقاء ولا بأس أن يستعمل ما يقوم مقام الأحجار. So now when cleaning yourself, when you're cleaning yourself, then 
<coughs> you must use at least three wipings. Three stones are mentioned in the narrations. But of course, anything equivalent to the stones in cleaning yourself counts. So these days, it may be the toilet tissue, the toilet roll. A person can use that, but it must be three wipings at least. You must clean at least three times that area, three wipings, maybe more if more is required until the area is clean, but a minimum of three. Walahu an yastanjiya bil Ideally, you should use as well as just the tissues, as well as just the toilet roll, you should use water. You should use water in cleaning yourself. That is better because that is what properly cleans the area. If a person doesn't know how, these days, the way the community is, the society is, masakin don't know anything except the toilet roll. So if that is the case, you could at least wetten the toilet roll a little bit, put some drops of water onto it, and use it like that. So you have some water along with that cleaning process. So you must wipe at least three times. There is a hadith in Al-Bukhari and Muslim of Anas ibn Malik. Radiyallahu anhu qal. Kana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Iza kharaja lihajatihi. Aji'u ana wa ghulam. Ma'ana. Idawatan mimma. Yani yastanji bihi. He said, Anas ibn Malik, that when the Prophet ﷺ used to go out concealing himself to relieve himself, that I and another young boy, we used to go take for him a bucket or a, something of water that he would then use afterwards to clean himself with. So using water is the best thing. Using tissues and everything else, that can be done, but you should use water along with that for the proper purification. وعلى المسلم عند قضاء الحاجة أن يحضر من رشاش البول أن يصيب بدنه أو ثيابه. That a Muslim when he is relieving himself, you have to make sure that you are careful when using the toilet. You have to make sure that you are careful when using the toilet and that splashes of urine don't go everywhere. That splashes of urine don't go everywhere. Because if you are not careful and you let splashes of urine go everywhere, then that's impurity. Impurity. And you can be punished for that. There is a hadith of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam marra rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam biqabarain. He walked past two graves. 
فقال and he said أما إنهما ليعذبان وما يعذبان في كبير أما أحدهما فكان يمشي بالنميمة وأما الآخر فكان لا يستتر من بوله وفي رواية لا يستنزه عن البول أو من البول حديث إن صحيح مسلم that the Prophet ﷺ one time was walking past two graves walking by and there were two graves there and he said these two are being punished in their grave and they're not being punished for something big meaning they thought that it wasn't a big thing but what they were doing actually was a big thing that's why they're getting punished they thought it wasn't a big thing but it was what were these things that they used to do? And the other sort of namima. One of them is Kanayamshi bin Namima. He used to go around spreading stories between people to cause problems between people. He would go around spreading stories between people, causing problems between people. Namima, storytelling, tale carrying. And the other one never used to look after himself when urinating. Never used to look after himself when urinating. So splashes would go everywhere. Maybe he never used to hide and just do it publicly like we said. So you have to make sure you conceal yourself and you're careful not allowing that impurity to go everywhere. It's one of the reasons for the punishment of the grave if you do not look after yourself when you're urinating. And that's why it's not suitable. It is not suitable or appropriate for a man to do what? To stand and urinate. So... It is not appropriate or suitable that a person stands up to urinate. Is it haram? It's not haram. But it's certainly mentioned in the sunnah about sitting down and urinating because that is obviously the safer way and the cleaner way. If you stand and urinate, then what's going to happen? Splashes obviously go everywhere. So you should not stand and urinate. You should sit down on the toilet and urinate. Sit down on the toilet, these comfortable toilets they make for you now. Many of you don't know about the holes in the ground, huh? Any of you seen the toilets? That is a hole in the ground? You seen it? Where have you seen it? Libya to where to Kenya huh in where what in Bolton <laughs> one of the brothers houses one of the uncles in their house they have a hole in the ground uh-huh so in either, either way, whatever the toilet is, you're supposed to sit and urinate. And that is something strange for men in the society. 
for a man to sit down and use the toilet. And we're talking about, as they say, as polite as you can get, as, unless somebody knows a politically better term, number one and number two. So if you're doing the number one, urine only, it's strange for the society for a man to sit down and do that. However, Islamically, that is what you should do. Because that is cleaner and purer for you. When you sit down, the splashes won't go everywhere. When you stand and urinate like that, splashes are going to go everywhere. And they may well land on you and on your garments and yourself. So you should sit and urinate and not make a mess and the impurity go everywhere. Also, now what number are we on? Six. From the sixth mannerism of using the toilets. وَلَا يَجُوزُ لِلْمُسْلِمْ أَنْ يَتَكَلَّمَ وَقْتَ قَضَائِهِ الْحَاجَةِ It is not permissible for you to talk when you're in the toilet. You cannot talk when you're in the toilet. No, we're talking about talking to people and stuff as well. When you're in the toilet, you can't be talking to someone, I'm coming, do this, do that, go get this for me. You can't be talking to somebody when you're in the toilet. Take care of everything first, then go to the toilet. When you're in the toilet, you can't be shouting or talking to someone. You shouldn't be talking to anyone in the toilet. Remain silent when in the toilet. And this is number six, part B, you can say, or call it number seven if you want. That you're not supposed to do any dhikr and dua and the name of Allah whilst you're in the toilet. So that's two things. Call it part 6 and part 6b or part 6 and part 7. Part 6 is you can't generally talk. You're not supposed to be talking to people whilst you're there using the toilet. And 7, that you're not supposed to be doing the, the words of remembering Allah, dhikr, dua, Quran. You're not supposed to be doing that when using the toilet. وَلَا يَشْتَغِلْ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الذِّكْرِ وَالدُّعَاءِ ففي صحيح مسلم عن ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما قال أن رجلا مر ورسول الله يبول فسلم عليه فلم يرد عليه There's an incident where one time the Prophet ﷺ had gone to use the toilet another man walked by and in the distance he noticed the prophet ﷺ, maybe his head or something and so he said assalamu alaikum but the prophet ﷺ was relieving himself so he didn't say wa alaikum assalam to him he didn't reply to him وفي الحديث دلالة على أن المسلم لا ينبغي له أن يتكلم وقت قضاء الحاجة لِأَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صلى الله عليه وسلم لم يرد عليه بشيء ولا ينبغي له كذلك أن يشتغل بشيء من الذكر والدعاء والسلام ذكر والدعاء والنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لم يرد سلام على هذا المسلم So you're not supposed to talk to anybody you're not supposed to do any remembrance or dua even returning the salam you don't talk when you're in the toilet there's no dhikr there's no talking to anybody فَهَذِهِ جُمْلَةٌ مِّنَ الْآدَابِ الْعَظِيمَةِ لِقَضَاءِ الْحَاجَةِ نَدَبَ إِلَيْهَا الْإِسْلَامُ وَحَثَّتْ عَلَيْهَا الشَّرِيعَةِ وَهِيَ تَدِلُّ عَلَى كَمَالِ هَذَا الدِّينِ وَحُسْنِهِ وَجَمَالِهِ So they, 
They are seven mannerisms from using the toilet. And it shows you the purity, the cleanliness, and the, the greatness of this religion of Islam, teaching all of these things. And then you could add on number eight. ثُمَّ إِنَّ الْمُسْلِمَ يُسْتَحَبُّ لَهُ إِذَا خَرَجَ مِنَ الْخَلَاءِ أَنْ يَقُولَ غُفْرَانَكَ It is mentioned in a hadith reported by Al-Imam Ahmad and in the books of the Sunan from Aisha radiallahu anha كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا خرج من الخلاء قال غفرانك that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم when he used to come out of the toilet we say toilet in those days wherever you go to relieve yourself when you come out of that he would say غفرانك that I seek your forgiveness وقوله غفرانك في هذا المقام ما معناه when you come out of the toilet you say oh Allah I seek your forgiveness why would you say that after coming out of the toilet how do you know that قيل في معناه اي خوفا من تقصيره في اداء شكر هذه النعمه الجليله أن أطعمه ثم هضمه ثم سهل خروجه فرأى شكره قاصرا عن بلوغ حق عن بلوغ حق هذه النعمة فتداركه بالاستغفار. When you go to the bathroom during your time in the toilet you're not allowed to do any remembrance but the very fact there are two things the very fact that you've been able to go to the toilet and relieve yourself is in of itself a blessing. A person may be medically ill, he has some serious constipation, has other medical problems. Some people, they have to use the bags for various other medical issues and problems. So the very fact you've been able to go and use the toilet, you want to thank Allah upon that, but when you're in the toilet, you cannot. So when you come out, it's as though you're saying, I seek your forgiveness for not being able to thank Allah, thank you upon that blessing at the time. The second reason, whilst you're in the toilet, like we said, you can't do any remembrance and dhikr of Allah. So it's as though you feel there's a deficiency now, there's been a time gap when you couldn't do any remembrance. And so you seek the forgiveness of Allah by not being able to do any remembrance for that time period for your shortcoming there. So they are eight mannerisms there of using the bathroom, of using the toilet. Any question on that? If the bathroom and toilet are separate, so you have one room, door opens, in there is just the toilet. Some houses are like that. Then in the next door you come out and you go into the next door in there is the bath and the sink. You have some like that. In that case all of this applies to the toilet room only. The other room isn't the toilet room. It's just the bathroom, nothing, there's nothing there. 
You're going to relieve yourself in that toilet room, that toilet cubicle in your house. That's where all of this applies. When you walk into your bathroom, it's just like another room. It's just you got water in there. You're not relieving yourself in there. There's nothing else in there. So that is not the same ruling as a toilet room. When we say the bathroom, we're talking about the toilet. Yes, then you could. If you were in the bathroom, you're just making wudu or something, somebody shouts, calls you or something, you can reply. You can speak back if needed. You're not relieving yourself. This is about when you are using the toilet. If you're not, you're just in the bathroom washing or washing your face or something, whatever else, then yes, you can. Issue is sufficient. It is sufficient. It would require probably a lot more than if you had water present. So you could use three is the minimum. 10, 12, 15 times you wipe until it is clean. Once it is clean and you wipe and that's it, nothing else now, it is clean, then that is clean. That is done. It is done. And that does count now. You can go make your wudu, everything, it would be okay. Water isn't a condition. So if you manage to clean properly with just the tissue, then it would be enough. It's not a necessity. You have to then go find water to finish off. You, you finished off. You've done. It can be done just dry without water. But if you have water available, like we said before, you should use it if you have it available. And for those who don't know how to use it, like we said, then you can wet the tissue at least. The tissue you're going to use, put some drops of water on it at least or something like that at least. Hmm. Using the phone. Calling somebody, like we said, that comes under talking. You shouldn't be talking when you're in the bathroom. Text messaging, technically you could say it is communication too. Really, that type of stuff, you should, you should leave it. You're in the bathroom relieving yourself. Put your phone down for two minutes. So, especially if you're going to bring up, you're just checking through your messages and maybe somebody sent you some benefits and there's ayat and things like that. You don't want to be opening up those things. So leave your phone aside till you relieve yourself and then... Yeah. No, 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 no. Just that area, that room is. And you wouldn't leave the door open unless it was something like that. You're just cleaning or whatever. You close it. You would only be that area. When you're out in the corridor and stuff? You're in the corridor. You respond. Yeah, Namima is basically, they say the definition of it is that you take reports, news, whatever, stories between people with the intention of causing corruption. You intend to cause corruption. I heard them not saying this about you. You know what they were saying about you? You know what I heard him saying about you? Things like that. You purposely go around telling people this, that, the other to try and cause problems and corruption between people. It could be true. Somebody did say something, but you purposely go. You know what I heard them saying? They were saying this, they were saying that. Because you want this guy to react and cause problems and fights. So that is corruption you're causing. Hmm. Alright, we'll leave it on that for today then. Next week we start on the new section which is about wudu. About the du'as for wudu when making the wudu. And then also about going on from the wudu, the prayer, going to the mosque, exiting the mosque. All of those we'll move on from next week insha'Allah ta'ala. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين